Welcome back, everyone. We're diving into a little bit more Kanye here tonight. This is episode 74. We're talking about The College Dropout by Kanye West. Oh, yeah. I got the perfect song for the kids to sing. And all my people that's drug dealing just to get by. Stack your money till it gets sky Yeah, this is our second review of a Kanye West album. This uh, is his debut. Do we talk about him as Ye? Uh, or you know, I was thinking about Kanye that. because that's what he was known at, at this time. Yes, and okay. so I guess I have a question, and I'm not going to look this up, but maybe we can just guess. When we did our our review of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which would have been over a year ago. Had he officially changed his name to Ye at that point? I guess not yet. It's a good I don't remember question. talking about it. I was a little bit thrown when I went to the Wikipedia page and it, it talked about Ye being the artist who recorded this. And I thought, oh, it's interesting that they've kind of retrospectively, yeah. a couple spots, changed his name. Um, acknowledging this. Yeah. <laughs> well, formally here now. Yeah. To answer your question, I will refer to him as Kanye because okay. that's the name he released the album as. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, well, I never know if it's Kanye or if it's Jesus, and whether it's Ye or Ye, so I don't know. Well, he hadn't done that yet either at this point, so... It's very King James to, to be Ye, I guess. Kanye. You want some details first, bud? Yeah, let's dive in. Yeah, let's do that. Details, 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 details. Okay, The College Dropout was released February 10th. Uh, happy birthday, Mom. 2004 um sorry it's my mom's birthday kanye west is the primary author on all the songs uh there are lots of co-credits uh different producers and other artists who collaborated uh, but he's a primary songwriter on each one charted number 12 in the uk and number two in the u.s and you know now i have a tradition ben where if it's number two i gotta know what number one was yeah uh, this is interesting. Number one was an album called Kamikaze by Twista. No idea who that is. Okay, well, it's it, it. Well, Twista, he, he's another hip hop artist, and interesting because Twista appears on one of the tracks on this album. No way. Wow, so Twista had the number one album uh, the week after this album came out, and he was also featured on the number two album. So um, <laughs> for. Uh, a lot of people maybe not remembering Twista at all. He had a pretty big moment there in uh, oh. February of 2004. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Sandwich, two weeks before and two weeks after, uh, you've got Outcast, The Love Below Speaker Box, which is an, uh, one I know you're looking forward to, Ben, that yeah. we'll be reviewing down the road. But anyways, enough about the charts. Uh, this number two in the U.S., okay? Again, I mean, a number two... A number two peak for your debut album is pretty awesome. Not bad. So it, it also sold well. To date, it has sold over 5 million copies. 4 million of those are in the U.S., so primarily very popular in the U.S. 
couple notes here. Uh, really interesting. Of course, we know that Kanye got his start really as a producer. Uh, worked on the Blueprint 2001. We talked about that. Came out. Uh, that was released uh, 9/11, September 11, 2001, um, and that's where he really, really started getting majorly noticed. Uh, but he had already started working on this album on the College Dropout. Uh, he started recording in 1999. It took him four years to complete it, Amazing. then releasing early in 2004. Really important during that time on October 23, 2002. Driving home from a California uh, recording studio after working late, uh, Kanye fell asleep at the wheel, was in a near-fatal car crash, and he had a shattered jaw, and he had it wired shut uh, in constructive surgery. But he was very inspired by the accident, and then two weeks later, um, after coming out of the hospital, he recorded a song with his jaw still wired shut, (laughs) and he called it Through the Wire. And this expressed his experience after the accident, accident, and helped lay the foundation for his debut album. And I think I can't remember which song, but one of the other there's a song on the album, and one of the other guest uh, performers says something about jaw wired shut uh, being a reference to Kanye having that wired while he was working on this album and getting it going. <laughs> this album was was really. A kind of a breakthrough album, not only for Kanye, but for the genre in general. And it started something called a, a chipmunk soul. Have you heard that, Ben? Just when I saw the Wikipedia page. Right, right. So this is, and you hear on a lot of tracks, uh, the voice is pitched up like the chipmunks. So this yeah. is a, a subgenre of hip hop, but has become a lot more prominent where we, we play around more with, with vocals and, and pitching them up. Uh, I think about like Drake's like nice for what when he takes um, Lauren Hill's X Factor and then pitches it all up and that becomes yep. the back. But but lots of stuff like that's just one example off the top of my head. Um, we'll talk about Lauren Hill a little bit later too. This also this album diverged from uh, what was very dominant at the time the gangster persona gangster rap. We talked about gangster rap a lot on the podcast because really for the ten years leading up to this album. That's the the dominant subgenre in hip hop is gangster rap, right? Yeah. Um, so this comes out as you know is much more diverse, uh, more topical subjects, more more along the lines of conscious hip hop, hip hop, uh, political hip hop, um, and really kind of spun hip hop back to that as what it was in the late '80s or mid '80s. In terms of accolades, at the 2005 Grammys, it won Best Rap Album and was nominated for Album of the Year. So it it did very well at awards season. The College Dropout, I'm going to read this one thing. The College Dropout sparked a resurgence of socially conscious rap in the mid-2000s, arriving at a time when pop rap was saturated with songs featuring product placement and intensely violent lyrics epitomized by rappers like 50 Cent, Nelly, Ja Rule, Ludacris, and P. Diddy. West instead created a space in the mainstream for rappers to express themselves and black identity without resorting to hip-hop's prevalent theme of gang culture. So back to the kind of gangsta persona. We hear that in song like uh, Spaceships, even Jesus Walks, where he's talking about you know Christianity in culture and in music. Yeah. So breakthrough in a lot of ways, not just the music, but the lyrical content and the whole persona. Very interesting kind of in the... In, 
in when it comes out too, right? In in what it kind of comes out and kind of starts something different. Wikipedia lists like 35 musicians on this album. I don't know okay. if it's because yeah. mm-hmm. of um, how well respected he'd become as a producer or just the amount of time that he worked on it. Um, but the sort of guest list on this is, is pretty yeah. incredible. It's crazy. You know, even even like Jamie Foxx, who was huge in the sort of early, mid-2000s, mm-hmm. right? With Ray and some other stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's got John Legend and, uh, you know, a bunch of other sort of uh, people that he's worked with. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it says something, I think, to have someone with as much documented arrogance as Kanye <laughs> to also yeah. back up a little bit and say, look, I'm going to make this the best that it can be by inviting this stable of people to be a part of it. Um, it's pretty amazing. Uh, and, you know, I'm assuming uh, your debut has a much better chance of succeeding when you've got this many people oh. involved in it as well. <laughs> And some huge names in hip hop at the time, and just the ones off the top of my head that I recognize. We've got Jay Z, Talib Kweli, Common. We talked about Jamie Foxx, who's on the same track with Twista, Ludacris, Most Def, um, and also uh, interesting uh, Israeli American violinist Miri Ben Ari, who I think she appears on like seven tracks. Wow. Um, and, and so many other people and producers and many, I'm sure, who people who are more familiar with Kanye and, and the genre would know just so many people uh, involved in this. I, I think you're right, Ben. He was becoming well-known, but also very well-connected. And when you're yes. working in the studio and in the on the on the backside of the industry with Jay-Z in 2001, you're going to be you're going to meet a lot of people. You're going to be well-connected. Yeah. And, and you're uh, gonna watch what success looks like, I think, yeah. too, in a way to sort of like, okay, if I want to be successful, here's what I need to do. Here's how to get it done. Here are the people Absolutely. who might need to be connected. Yeah, yeah. And and Kanye's a very, uh, I mean, he's a polarizing figure for sure, but he's also a fairly, he's outgoing, he's charismatic, he's a little eccentric, as well. Um, certainly outspoken. <laughs> So these are all things that, whether you consider them positive or negative, there are things that attract attention and attract other people. And yep. he certainly did that very well um, for his debut here. So it'd be interesting to talk through. I don't know that we could do it very well, but how many others from the RS 500 are part of this album? <laughs> like there's a, a sample of Marvin Gaye. We've got Lauren Hill. Right. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Aretha, yep. Um, you mentioned Jay Z as well. Uh, so yeah, there's a number. Yeah, they're just kind of squished in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, pretty big deal. Um, and you know, similarities to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which was his fifth album. Yeah, came out. I want to say six years after this. Uh, again, just a huge, like a massive lineup massive lineup of guests and and that's kind of you know when he's decided he wants to do that because sometimes he doesn't (laughs) but he can he can bring those people in um and also i think later in the in his career you know or as he went along he had the budget to do it too right um (laughs) and i think was given kind of permission to to do that yep this is a pretty iconic uh image 
and this is a character that gets used in his trilogy of albums on the cover this this mascot bear right um so it's it's a kind of a dark brown background and then there's a it's almost like a wall hanging a very ornate wooden leaves and cherubs around and then we see this bear mascot with jeans and a probably a polo shirt uh sitting on some empty bleachers in a in a gymnasium so i'm reading here that uh this bear suit which i, I guess has become iconic because it's been reused in yeah. other ways uh was just sitting around in the gymnasium that they were shooting at and uh Kanye had it in his head that he didn't want his face to actually be on the album cover. Uh, I don't know if that's right. because of his producer identity or what, but um, so, you know, puts on this bear costume that's sitting around and, uh, you know, kind of becomes this thing almost accidentally. Uh, but yeah, the bear, as you mentioned, this lives on a little bit. Uh, graduation, anyway, the bear is is present well, and, again, and, kind of being and late registration late registration right late registration he's coming through the the doors of the thing and then graduation which is more kind of cartoony am, anime he's on that one yeah. as well launched um, out to space yeah found a found an article here uh that says um the bear mascot of course represents the college life kanye left behind because that that is real life. He did he did drop out of college at a university um, to pursue his music. Uh, so it represents the college life Kanye left behind, and the visionary rapper producer, uh, as ever, was very hands on when it came to packaging promoting of his art. So he had this idea of donning the bear suit <laughs> while sitting in collegiate bleachers. I remember, um, you know, we talked. We've talked about first impressions when we think back to seeing this artwork for the first time. This is right. an album, obviously, that came out during our lifetimes. And I yeah. remember being a little confused when I connected the dots that Jesus Walks, a track that I was kind of interested in, okay. was connected with this album with, with sort of a teddy bear on the cover <laughs> that was sort of from the hip-hop genre. Like, uh, like Those things didn't seem to go together <laughs> for me. And I wasn't quite sure if Jesus Walks was, you know from a sort of christian artist who had sort of broken through to be more mainstream or or what right. so there was a lot of learning initially and that, this was an interesting sort of entryway to have this uh mascot bear image be be an early introduction to kanye i wouldn't have i don't think i wouldn't have been a, aware of his impact in the music industry before this album even though it was definitely there no i i was going to say I think only the the most focused and and really uh, intense music fans, Jay Z fans, and other uh, fans would have known. Because I mean, this is this yeah. is even before. I don't want to say it's before Google, but you know, before kind of the the readiness and amount of, of knowledge was just at your fingertips. It was there, but yeah. you had to dig a little more. Yeah. Even though the internet was around, um, it was still kind of hard to find stuff sometimes so yeah I'd, i think most people wouldn't have known who he was from his production days other than people very connected in the industry um so i want i want to move on because you you talked about sort of uh remembering kind of when it came out um i'll start because i have a lot less to say i think i i did not listen to this i had not listened to this album until just recently when we started prepping 
I remember hearing Jesus Walks, but I have a feeling I, I didn't hear it when it came out. I think I heard okay. it later. Um, I remember being intrigued by it, uh, for sure, that it was, you know, kind of different. And, and again, to kind of be, I mean, in a lot of hip hop, like, they talk about God, they talk about Jesus, but not really in a direct way or in a, even in a political way. And here yeah. he kind of, he kind of breaks that a bit. Which is, I think, pe- many people probably found inspiring, and it certainly is grabs your attention. Uh, but you, I have a feeling that you you did hear this when it came out. Is that right? Like, were you into this, yeah. or was it a little later? I'm embarrassed to say that I don't remember how I found this album. Okay. I my initial thought was that it was from sharing a room with our friend Aaron during our sweet corn summers. But right, yeah. this album came out in 2004, um, which was my last summer full-time corn picking. So uh, I, maybe, maybe, maybe maybe it was from yeah. then, but, but I almost wonder if there would have been a few songs like Jesus Walks that were on mm-hmm. replay on... Um, MTV that summer, which sort of sparked then when I got back to, well, I got my first sort of apartment after college and um, had good internet to start downloading music. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing that was where I like went down a bit of a rabbit rabbit hole trying to figure out who this Kanye guy was, found this album, and, and, and really started listening to it fairly frequently. I don't think I ever owned it, but as I was going through the track list this week, aside from some of the um, vocal interludes and a, a few of the tracks. I knew almost everything on it, which I wasn't expecting. I knew that this was an album I would know some things from, but I didn't realize how much of it I know. And I'm guessing this is the album of Kanye's I know the most of. So right, at some point, okay. something resonated there, and I, I stayed with it for a while. Um, I just wish I knew a bit more about how to describe when that moment was or hmm. who introduced me or how uh, that's all, that's all lost to the haze of the 2004 uh, mid two thousands, I guess. Uh, right. The rest of it for me w- was pretty much totally new. Besides Jesus walks you mean? Yeah. Okay. Of course all falls down, which uh, the chorus is taken from a Lauren Hills song. And I was trying to figure out where I knew it from. And it's from her unplugged album, which mm, I have. Um, okay. Yep. And it's, it's kind of, uh, the chorus on that song. Um, so that was familiar, but other than that, it was new. It's, um, it's Ben, it's a long album. It is a long album. It's, was it clocking like an hour 14 or something? Yeah. Like, like that's, that's, that's How long. did that all fit on one CD? It must've. I guess. I, does does just if it's just somebody talk because there's a lot of skits, right? Does yeah. that take up less space? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. I I I mean, yeah, it was it was? I don't think it was a double. Yeah, seventy six thirteen is the running time. That's impressive. Yeah, it's it it's a lot, and I mean, <laughs> if you like it. Like that's great, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, there's uh, it's a lot of content. I guess it's what you could expect af- um, when you get a guy who's been working on an album for four years. 
Yeah. Right? right. <laughs> Just like, yeah, got to get it all on there. Absolutely. I wonder why, uh, and I, this would have been a good um, moment to have someone who's got a deeper understanding of the hip hop sure. genre, but like the interludes, you know, this is our sixth or seventh album now that's had these. They right. do very little for me. And maybe mm. it's because uh, we're not lyrics people as much. And so we don't hear the album in, in that sort of word fueled storytelling way. Um, but this would be a nice, clean, under an hour album if you cut all of that out. And <laughs> yeah, and if you've got four years to work on it, I don't know, maybe, maybe there is some problem with that amount of time because you just think, wouldn't it be cool if we added this little bit in here and kind of overthink it maybe perhaps. <laughs> but it's such an important part of hip hop. Yeah. And of the hip hop album. I'm you clearly know, it, missing it, something. <laughs> it's just a part of it. And, and, and it's part, of, I think it's part of the legacy too. Yeah. Um, there's so, you know, even to one of the more modern hip hop albums we've listened to, the To Pimp a Butterfly. Yep. By Kendrick Lamar. There's skits in that one, a bunch, and, and a through line of, of spoken word throughout it. So, I mean, it it's, goes from, you know, from the late 80s right through to modern albums. It's it's yeah. just a part of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really get that in other genres. No, no other genre has really picked up on that, to my knowledge. Um, the skits and the interludes, you know, right. so that's some, something unique there. there. There's kind of the... It it follows a bit of a narrative. You know, you get a character who I believe is one of the faculty who's speaking to Kanye at the beginning, and then you kind of get some other students or other characters in. Uh, but it reminds me of, you know, like on... on um, Ready to Die, Biggie's debut. You know that's kind of a narrative throughout it. All the skits, and uh, a, a lot of them do that, and other ones are just, I think, just for fun, like just yeah. Outcast seems a little bit the latter, maybe. Yeah, I think a lot of the, especially on um, Aquam and I, essentially around like Atlanta and their music and going to a music store. There's a lot in there. It does take up a lot of space, a lot of real estate <laughs> on this album, for sure. Any track that really jumps out to you that, like, you know, as you've re-listened to it or, or remembering back one that, that's just, you know, you got to listen to it? I think Kanye's gift is hooks. And, mm. and so the, the okay. songs that stand out to me are the ones that I think wound up being bigger radio hits for him. Okay. Slow Jams, I think, is the one that uh, when I got to that one, I was like, oh, yeah, this is on here, too. And I, I don't know what it is, if it's just the uh, Jamie Foxx intro or or um, what. But um, I I like the sampling that he does on it. And yep. it, that's maybe the best example of the chipmunk uh, soul there. The right, yeah. Chorus there. Um, and really doesn't, like Kanye's, not necessarily the the focus of that one either i think it's more his production than it is his song um which is just interesting too i i think he has this really interesting talent to kind of be more of a backseat visionary on on his own albums at times <laughs> right and, uh, <laughs> yeah really really fascinating um, i didn't know i i knew through the wire um I didn't know that it was a single, and I didn't know that it had that sort of very literal uh, 
right or yeah with a yeah. wire through your jaw <laughs> yeah um, yeah that's really fascinating too so those probably stand out to me i jesus walks um is the song that drew me in but probably the one now that feels the most the, the song i know the least about what to do with it because oh. it's, it's just like <laughs> theologically strange character right oh i don't know like the the sort of uh, prosperity gospel stuff that he's gotten into touring with a gospel choir and being kind of a celebrity christian in certain spaces but like mixed with still being kind of a tool at times and um, really having this kind of screwed up idea of wealth and power and god as a genie in a bottle and um you know jesus walks seems to have a bit of a humble feel to it at times and Kanye is clearly not that so uh, yeah it's uh, it's interesting that the song that like drew me in is the one that I I now get I, I've actually skipped over it intentionally because I while I, I think the hook is still really good <laughs> um, I just don't know what to do with it now <laughs> yeah before we move on to what to kind of some of my songs Ben uh, while we're talking about songs you want to pick a favorite I think if I had to pick a favorite, I would stick with Slow Jams. I think that's okay. uh, my favorite from this collection here. There's a lot of a lot of good stuff, but I, I think I'm going to go with Slow Jams. If you're new to the podcast, we have a we have a Spotify playlist called SoundLogic Favorites. We pick two tracks from every album, so we'll get Slow Jams up there for Ben. I'm going to pick uh, All Falls Down. I mentioned that with the the hook from the lauren hill song That's a good uh, one too. the song is uh mystery of iniquity uh that's where it comes from but that that's one and again it's it's that hook that he's yep. taken that and we saw that i keep going back because we talked about it and i've listened to it a lot since uh, my my dark my beautiful dark twisted fantasy he just has this ability to pull from every genre and find this little piece you know the opening track of the uh of that album is from like a fairly obscure prog pop song <laughs> from the mid eighties <laughs> featuring John Anderson of yes. And he's taken this little piece of it. Right. And yeah. it, I, I want to, I just, before I said, I wanted to comment on something that you said, Ben, about his talent as a producer. I think you said when we reviewed that album, the, the fantasy album, you prefer Kanye as a producer similar to dylan like the gift is in the songwriting not in the yes. performing. <laughs> like you you'd much rather just hear him produce and have somebody else yeah you know do the lyrics or do do the emceeing same as bob dylan like if somebody else sang them right, right. <laughs> um yeah. and I, I i hear that here too but um so yeah all okay, falls i really down. like a good example of that is all falls down um which is really a jay-z song or sorry never let me down is the title right the yeah yeah uh, um, Never Let Me Down is a Jay-Z track that uh, I think is a great Jay-Z song, but it's a Kanye album. <laughs> Kanye yeah. song. There's an interesting, speaking of uh, his ability to sample, um, right. people assumed that he was like this, this deep aficionado of uh, classic um, soul music because of the way that he sampled on this album. But there's this rumor that his girlfriend gave him a box of her dad's old records 
Okay. And almost every sample on this album is from that box. No. So it's not like he's got this, like, <laughs> at the time anyway, he didn't have this, like, really, really deep musical canon. He just had this one box of records that he, <laughs> he was just pulled from. <laughs> he just kept flipping through and it. Oh, that sounds no, good. cool. Oh, man. Yeah, and maybe it was a great box of uh, really good right. classic stuff. <laughs> right. But really funny. I mean, even if that was the case, you know, he's still able to to find that thing that works but orchestrating it all yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) that is funny though i'll say one thing that i didn't like and i'll try not to be too negative because we try not to really but um the first song we don't care you know it starts off with with kanye singing and that's uh it's not a good idea Um, you know, it's off. It's off pitch. It's it's doubled up either with his vocal or someone else, and it's not it's not in unison. And it, I suppose if that's the intent, if that's the kind of feel, the kind of group, kind of gang vocals, arms around, beers in the air, you know, or whatever, um, that's fine. But but in terms of of a vocal, like it's not a good it's not a good vocal. Well, singing I'll, well. So I'll push back on that a little. Well, the well, just something. Just we don't care. Okay, go ahead. Just let me finish. Um, <laughs> but it comes it comes up on other songs. Yeah, you know what this kind of and he does it in other albums too, because it's Kanye, and because he has you know is known for having a, a, a decent sized ego. I can't tell if it's him trying to to create a sound like this is the sound, or if it's him saying I'm a really good singer. <laughs> and and putting it on so that that's my thing so yep. Yep. I, I think i know what you're gonna say and, and I, I want you to say it but i i just can't tell if it's if that's what it is or if it's he's saying no no no, i'm a really good vocalist <laughs> i mean i think he, i hear it in the context of the intro which which is like an old dude just saying like give us something and and this sort of like swagger comes out full force like Oh, I've got something for you. Let me sing slightly off key that I don't care. Right? Like, <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. I, it, to me, yeah. it's tongue in cheek. You're, you're right. There are other parts sure. where he does sing and it's not <laughs> tongue in cheek and it's <laughs> a little off. Um, uh, but I think it, what it winds up doing is exactly what you said. I think it becomes this like, it, it has an ability anyway. I don't know if it's used this way to be anthemic and to have your arm around whoever you're with and to, yeah. to sing along that way. But yeah, I, it's it's clear, I think, and maybe this is another Dylan similarity that that's not the reason people are buying this album. <laughs> no. <for> his voice. <laughs> and, and I just, you know, I just find it interesting. Um, yeah. Especially there's other rappers. I think Eminem had a few songs where he sang. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm a... That's not why we're buying this. Yeah, I'm a little picky with with you know singing and and I'm a little I'm a little snooty, but still, it's kind of like, um, no, that's not your thing. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> um, that being right. said, you know, five million people didn't have a problem with it. No. So I probably shouldn't beat it down too much, but um, it's inter- it's interesting to me, and and again, it's. It's just one thing that kind of sets me off when I listen to music, um, and that doesn't mean it's not good, yeah. uh, but it is something that jumped out to me. But I, I, if you think about another way, you know, we don't. If you think about a bunch of people singing in a bar, mm-hmm. they're all going to sound like that. 
so it is kind of like it's it's accessible but that's i i don't buy albums to hear people who sound like people singing in a bar uh, um but i didn't buy this album so i guess i can shut up one other piece that i've learned somewhat recently sure i don't think i knew um when we when we did our last Kanye review was that he doesn't really write down his lyrics. He's really kind of got this gift uh, to just jump into the studio and just start going. And uh, really, people will it's like the manuscript is in his head, and so people will say, well, "What about this?" And they're like, "Okay," you know, like you can see him like kind of like manually moving the lyrics around in his mind, and then he'll go again and insert the idea in. Um, but none of it's on paper and right i i wonder if that's what takes four years or like how much of that like <laughs> the complicated stuff you know the the um when we did my beautiful dark twisted fantasy you know it was kind of i don't think it took quite as long but didn't he like go to hawaii and some other like yeah somewhat remote places spent a ton of time working on that one too and um, and flew whoever he wanted like he's like elton john you want to lay down a track and he flew elton john out (laughs) to to lay like like one line of one song (laughs) and build it you know build it to to the studio or to the to the album right yeah and if you're if you're sort of thinking out loud as you create i wonder if that means like you don't go in with all your notes and everything lined up it's gonna take you more time no doubt and right you probably have those sparks of it's where you need to pause everything and fly out and in to <laughs> to add something in. yeah it's it's really fascinating i didn't know that it's very interesting and and there's no question he has a gift yeah and it's not just sampling it's not just producing like he has a gift to create you know amazing music that people really really like yeah. so ben this album came out in 2004 so it's about 18 and a half years old yeah um, makes me feel old too yeah so what has aged well and what hasn't aged well any comments on that i'm guessing that his most loyal fans would scoff when they hear me say this but I think if you play Late Registration next to my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, next to the college dropout, it'd be hard to know to plot them on a timeline. Like I think mm. this is this could have just been released from him. Um, now he, he continues to be experimenting and yes, we've not yet got to Jesus, which I've heard I've not listened to it, but I've heard is one of his most really pushing the, the limits of what um, the genre can do but this in my mind and maybe it says something about how forward thinking he is as a producer this is held up extremely yeah. extremely well yeah um, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound 18 years old in, in my mind uh, I, there's some nostalgia in it because of the moment of my life you know, mm-hmm. that was, um prior to getting married, prior to having three kids. Um, so I know how much time has passed. It, it also makes me feel very old, but um, it doesn't, I don't think it's, it doesn't feel dated as our old question used to ask. <laughs> right. I would agree with you as I, I thought about this and I thought, yeah, sh- certainly there will be something, but but it has aged quite well. Like it, the, the sounds don't sound, quote, old. You know, like, yeah. like they're they're still doing this. I think some of the 
there's a lot of sounds and we talk about not necessarily chipmunk soul but a lot of the just more modulated voice and more electronic sounding vocals and 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 other sounds yeah i think you'll hear more of that in newer hip-hop even if you listen to his uh 2010 my beautiful dark twist of fantasy there's more of that but not to say so other than the absence of that these things still sound relevant i can't think of anything that really hasn't hasn't aged well like even the lyrics are also very relevant you know talking about religion and music always a hot topic talking talking about race talking about uh, body image uh sexuality like these these are all things even even talking about the importance of ongoing education and and post-secondary because that was his whole point like don't the whole point of this album was the premise behind it you know follow what you want to do don't just do what you're told you're supposed to do like don't just go to college because everyone's supposed to go to college do what you need to do to be you and to follow your dreams whether that means going to college or not for example so that's still very relevant maybe more than ever as we're constantly reviewing you know how we do education and what works and what doesn't work and what needs to change and how there's so many you know there's not just one way that that children learn they learn in many many different ways um and how do we adapt to that so that's an ongoing conversation so i think it's as much as you know i haven't really this really wasn't my favorite i'm trying not to be too negative it's just it's not really my thing i can't deny that a lot of the lyrics are still very very relevant which which is pretty cool and i and we mentioned at the start of this episode but um you know that that this came out in an era when you know nelly was singing about the roof being on fire and right diddy was singing about the club and yeah <laughs> you know p diddy and his nonsense and you know there's <laughs> lots of ridiculous stuff out there and this is you know in as much as kanye as a person is problematic this is fairly intelligently done here it's not just yeah glorifying certain <laughs> problematic parts of our culture but uh but really, it, you know, it's it's pretty smart, and I know he, you know he's kind of known for that. That's, that's maybe everyone's probably shouting, "Well, duh, Ben!" But um, <laughs> it's, it, to have this come out in that context, where I think it would have been easy for him to make something that sounded good, but talked about being in the club, um, or or to talk about like spinner rims or. Um, <laughs> you know <laughs> having a lot of cash you know all, all yeah, the things yeah, that the yeah, traditional yeah. Um, music videos did in that in that era yep uh and and he doesn't he chooses to be a little different than that i think is is commendable and, and i think helps it not age as poorly um perhaps um, yeah i agree i i want to want to kind of bridge to our next question with with a comment that I think this really kind of changed the direction of hip hop. And I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm obviously not the first person to say that, but I think it's clearly evident that this allowed this style of, you know, conscious hip hop, which, which wasn't new, but was kind of, again, not popular at the time to come back and a lot yeah. people be more empowered and also the production style to really, really change. So you have, um, I'm not saying that the other, 
types of hip-hop we talked about didn't continue but it allowed it all to branch and and grow and and continue to evolve and and create sub-genres that diversifies uh the genre which is just it it's amazing what he did um and the question is the position this is number 74 was it sound logic is this a good position um if you don't mind i'll i'll kick it off with that i I think this might be the first time, Ben, it would be rare for me for an album that I didn't really much care for <laughs> listening to it. I uh, I think I totally agree on the ranking. Um, mm. Mm. I think you could you could uh, you could convince me to put it a little higher because I think it's it kicked off the career of one of the most prominent hip hop artists of the last two decades, one of the most polarizing and popular musical artists. In general, out, even outside of hip hop, um, so it kicked off his career, was successful, and really changed. I think the direction that hip hop was heading at the time. Hmm. So, I mean, for something that's a successful, B was a successful artist, and C is extremely influential. I, I think it definitely deserves to be here. Maybe has had more influence than some of the other albums we've we've reviewed. Um, you know, in terms of what it's done for music in the yeah. last two decades so so i totally agree with with 74 and I, again you i think you could convince me to put it top 50 um i think it's it's just an important album yeah we're getting at something here that sometimes i'm a fan of the list we're doing and sometimes i get a bit grumpy about it when we put <laughs> albums on for their influence yeah <laughs> i think this has both popularity and influence um and was successful so it's a it's hitting it's checking a lot of boxes and and maybe for that reason it does deserve to be quite a bit higher than it, mm. than it currently is the other thing that i always do when we get to an album from an artist we've done before is try and figure out like why one was higher than the other um i think maybe there was a bit more pop culture status maybe if I if I had to guess, okay, with um, with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, yeah, for sure. But this is a, a heck of a debut, and <laughs> and, and really really strong. I'm really curious. It makes me want to dig a little deeper now into the canon, and I'm kind of excited to get to late registration and some others here to yeah. try and make sense of why his albums get ranked the way they do on this uh, most recent listing. Yeah, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting at least. Well, that that leads us into our next part here, which is what other albums on the top 500. So Kanye um, has an impressive six albums on this list. Yeah. Important to note, none of these albums were on the first version and the coffee. So the 2003 version and the coffee table book, which makes sense because um, none of them had come out yet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we've already done... My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, that was number 17 and was uh, on the 2012 list. This is 74, was also there. Late Registration is 117 and only dropped one spot from the 2012 list. And there's three more. Graduation is ranked 204. 808s and Heartbreak is 244. And Yeezus is 269. With six, he is um, just behind an artist we just talked about, Neil Young. Uh, fourth place on the list of the most 
albums on this 2020 list. Um, like extremely impressive kind of con- yeah. considering he didn't have any when the first list came out he hadn't even released his first album and i think now he's he's what released six he's released probably maybe another three or four since then he did the gospel one he did donda he did did a few others i think he's done four more so i think he's done about 10 albums and a few of them have like even donda came out in 2021 so after this list came out so so when this list came out he had done about eight maybe eight and six of them are on this list which is pretty pretty crazy un- unprecedented yep. wins and yep. wins an award so uh we'll get to talk about kanye uh four more times um <laughs> and and go through his his extensive discography and and kind of it, it almost makes me want to <laughs> just do them all in order chronologically but but yep. that's not uh, what will be happening here so that's it for the college dropout any final comments, Ben? Um, this was a fun trip down memory lane. We didn't argue about it as much as I thought we might. Uh, oh, do you want to start an argument? We could do one <laughs> just before we sign off. It's good. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> <that's enough. laughs> uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. I, I still don't know quite what to do with Kanye as a person. <laughs> I decided not to get into that at all. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. other discussion. Yeah, but uh, but I yeah, it was a fun thing to revisit, uh, and I'll have to try and sort out exactly where it was that I that I was introduced <laughs> to this one and how it fits yep. in with the rest of why I stopped after it. I don't think I listened to late registration, although maybe that would be a surprise as well. We'll see. We'll see. See if anything's familiar when we get there. Yep. In in about a year or so. So what do we got coming up next week, Ben? Yeah, we move from. Um, this album to another uh, incredible uh, sort of genre shifting African-American artist, this time an incredible, powerful woman from another era. Um, Aretha Franklin's Lady Soul comes in at number 75. This is the second Aretha Franklin album that we've had the pleasure of listening to and uh, we get to take it on next time. I really look forward to uh, listening to that album some more and reviewing, reviewing it with you. Until that time, we hope you all continue to be well. We hope you take care of yourselves and those around you. And of course, we hope you join us right here on the SoundLogic Podcast. Take care, everyone, and thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.